are listening to Fed by Ravens with Matt and Adam. <laughs> the, uh, it was weird. There was no drop. I was waiting for the drop. Yeah. Well, I do it different every day. And for those who uh, can hear it, by the end of this, you'll have, I don't know, 300 and, or half of 365 uh, original songs to huh. every episode. Yeah. I mean, they're just off by a pause or a beat or a... A little note, but just start noticing it now. Welcome to day 243 and 244 of Fed by Ravens, your uh, daily dose of life. Yeah. Wow, that's a (laughs) t-shirt. But we don't make t-shirts here, thank God. (laughs) We just talk about uh, how this massive, amazing story intersects with our kind of smaller but equally amazing stories because we're created in the image of God. Let's just get into it. We got a lot to cover today. What do we have in the OT, bro? All right. Our Old Testament reading for today is Micah. The entire book of Micah. Woo! Is this our first day just doing a whole book? Uh, maybe. Nice. It's just lined up. It's a short, uh, it's, a, it's called The Minor Prophet, and you, just for your own edification... The only difference between minor prophets and major prophets is the length yeah. of their books. It's just a small book compared to... there is a, nothing minor about this no. book. In fact, we're so excited about... I'm so excited about Micah. I have to admit, this is the first time I've read it. And without having to look at any other notes... I mean, I did just to check myself. Yeah. But it's like, I totally get it. I know. I'm like, I understand what all the language means for the most part... Um, because there are some, like, what is it called? Colloquial terms. Like, he's using wor- oh, yeah, word he's plays. Word-playing. Even the book itself is bookended by kind of wordplay on his very name. Yes. Where he his name is Micah, which means... Who is like the Lord. Who is like the Lord. And then the book itself ends with the question, who is like the Lord. Yeah. Did you catch that? I know. That's so cool. Well, um, the only thing we'll set, up, we'll set up this conversation with is, where does Micah fit in? Yeah. So, like, who is this guy? So, we just went through Chronicles, going over the the kings of Judah, highlighting yeah. the kings of Judah. And so, Micah is in Judah. He is during the reigns of Jotham and Hezekiah. So, Jotham, Ahaz, Hezekiah. Was Jotham good or bad? Jotham was, for the most part, good. His, his father was... Amaziah, I think. Yes, his father was Amaziah, who um, had to run to Lachish because the people were like ready to kill him, and they did assassinate his dad. And then, uh, was it whatever? His dad was the one who went into the. No, his dad was the one who went into the um, temple inappropriately. That's what I was thinking. So Jotham is the the king who said, "Let's not mess with the temple." Yeah. Yes, that's right. That's and right. he was good enough. Yeah, and so he was good. He was okay. But then his son Ahaz really was bad. That's right. He um, was sacrificing his kids to uh, Molech and Shamash and all of them. Which and, will come up in Micah's little yeah, and letter so, here. So Ahaz had a good reign in the middle there, and he was really an evil guy. So bad reign in the middle there. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just a good portion of time, sorry. No, uh, I, I get you. A decent portion of time. It's so, for our listeners, Matt. Yes, I, I get it. It's for the, the bird feeders. And so there. Micah is out is is during the time of Isaiah and Hosea, 
and he is basically saying the same thing they are. And, and I, it's, you said Isaiah, didn't you? Isaiah okay, and yeah. Hosea. And right around this time, too, is the fall of Israel. So the northern tribes are being raided right now by Assyria as Micah's going, okay, everybody, let's uh, check ourselves. Okay. We, I could easily spend a week on this book. It's so laden with just great stuff. So I'm going to give a high-level view, and then we're going to walk through it, yeah, reinforcing it. the high-level view. Dude. Basically, Micah says, um, you're all kind of like beyond spoiled children. Mm-hmm. You've gotten indulgent in your behavior and at the expense of your kids and your family and the sheep, uh, mm-hmm. the, the nation. So high-level stuff. Front, you need a shepherd. I'm going to, a shepherd will come because you will be scattered. Um, this shepherd will ascend to the tower of the flock. That means, that's simply a word for David's throne. And he will renew the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And we know this is a very clear prophecy of Jesus Christ is coming. So that's kind of the whole idea of Micah is that bad news first. You're going to walk through mm-hmm. captivity. You're going to walk through the destruction of Jerusalem Good news, God's not done, even though you guys were done with him, yes. God's not done with you. And uh, there's someone better coming. So, yeah, so there's clear two themes that really clearly pop out to me are the themes of law and gospel. Yeah. So he's, it's very laden in here where he's like, this is the law, judgment is coming, but the good news is it won't. it is not eternal, and the Lord will redeem his people. The second theme is... Um, and this is kind of a common prophetic theme, and we're going to get more and more into the prophets now. Yeah. And so this idea of the physical Israel, the physical representation of God's people, are going to be whittled down, and there's going to come a, a person, God, a leader, who will then rule over the spiritual people of Israel. So there's going to be a, a winnowing, of the physical Israel to give birth to a spiritual Israel. Cool. There well, you go. and the way Micah does it, you appreciate because it's it's short, it's sweet, it's totally potent. I mean, this oh, is the man. concentrated uh, this is the concentrated powder <clears throat> to your eight gallons of Hawaiian punch. Yes, it's amazing. So he goes. He starts off by just saying, "Hey Jerusalem, I know you're happy Jerusalem. right now. Hey Jerusalem." I know you're pretty happy about Israel being ransacked and taken into captivity mm-hmm. by Assyria, but mm-hmm. don't be. Don't be. Because they have an infection that has spread to your gates. You have the same illness they have. Yes. And so don't laugh mm. like the Philistines might laugh at this. And don't think, oh, good, we got rid of um, an adversary. Yeah. It's actually your problem because mm-hmm. they are part of us. Mm-hmm. And it's spreading to the whole body. It does remind me of like, even the idea of church discipline, which no one even knows is a thing probably anymore, but you're part of the body of Christ. And just like you go to a doctor's visit and the doctor says, yeah, you need to do some things to get rid of this infection. You need to do something. That's kind of Micah's initial thing. He's like, I am going to be the messenger of, hey, here's, here's the rehab plan and here's how we got to kill the infection. Mm-hmm. And of course, it's repentance. And, and we'll get into that further. But... Um, but the way he does it is like a courtroom scene. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you caught that. Yes. Because you don't really catch it. At first, you kind of hear his accusations, but I think it's in chapter, one of the later chapters, God has an actual indictment. Yeah. But he says, God is the witness against us. Take note. And uh, what's going to stop this? 
right? Yeah. I feel so bad because I feel like I'm... I want to read the whole book to you. We're going to basically rush through this because it, it's so loaded and there's like so many little things that I'm like, oh, this is but cool. And let's this just is cool. hit the... Hit a little, let's hit the cool things for everybody. Um, so he, he's kind of hitting like, uh, don't rejoice in Israel's fall. Yes. Then he's going... Um, he's basically addressing everyone who's telling him to stop preaching. Yeah, yes. And he's like, uh, I cannot stop preaching. Yeah. You've all been uh, swayed by these false prophets, and the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, so I am going to tell you what the Spirit of the Lord says. I'm going to tell you the truth, and one of the illustrations really is the abuse of power. So if you can get this, God is really upset when people in positions of power oppress and that's what the, not just the, the mm. leaders, the kings, but, you know, there's judges at the gates of mm. all of these cities. And yes. the judges are, and the language he uses, like, are cannibalizing yes. God's people. Yeah. and the, So it's all bribery. It's all um, extortion. It's all about, oh, there's peace when we have food and you're starving. Mm-hmm. Then we announce there's peace. Mm-hmm. And then all the prophets are also to blame because they're like, everything is going to be good because they want to be in good with yeah. the leaders. Yes. And so there's all this false security. And that's why it's chapter three where yeah. Micah is like, God's given me a spirit of boldness. Yes. And, and that boldness is the spirit of truth. Yes. And truth, even when it is bad, is loving. And I did think about the boldness that the early church in the book of Acts asked for. The Holy Spirit fills them and they have boldness. Yeah. Boldness not to confront people necessarily like, hey, you're a sinner, but boldness in I'm going to trust God here. Mm-hmm. And he has this spirit of boldness, and he's called to go, and he has access to the kings and the leaders of Israel, of uh, not Israel, of Judah, and he's going to do it. Uh, yeah, so he does say there's going to come a time where even all of your prophets and diviners, they will admittedly go, we no longer have power. We cannot see anything. We are in darkness. Everything we said or thought is wrong, and we are being judged and tormented. And... We- Everything will be taken from us. Woe to the oppressors. And then in chapter four, he's got the mountain of God, which is so cool. If you remember back in our New Mm -hmm. Testament, when we realized your faith will move mountains. Yes. Is that that is Jesus saying you have access to God anywhere on earth in my name. You Mm -hmm. can ascend to the high place. There is only one high place. It is in Jerusalem where God has put his name, his eyes, his ears. And that is in the temple where he's chosen a physical place. Jesus then makes that in his name by the power of the Spirit anywhere we proclaim together. So the mountain of God, though, will stand. And that mountain, though, is also, he breaks down like all the nations, like all the uh, national kind of systems Mm -hmm. are going to be wiped away. And I realized what what he's saying, there's only one way. You know, we all want world peace. Mm -hmm. Do you know how you can ensure world peace? I thought you'd have the answer to this. I was really looking to you. Kind of. You're kind of right. I mean, that's like the safest answer is Jesus, right? Getting rid of all the weapons. No, no, no. (laughs) No. The way to world peace is to have one leader. Yeah. Right? Through Jesus. Yeah. And so one leader. And so the mountain of God is saying, look, under the Prince of Peace, all the nations, no matter where you're from, will come and bow to him. And those who do bow to him... This will be uh, where the swords will be turned into plowshares. Mm-hmm. Like all the weapons will be turned into things to cultivate the land. Like yeah. that's true peace. And, and so who's it going to be? And that's what he's announcing, right? Well, and they, yeah. And so 
here is where you see a thematic shift from this physical people of God to a spiritual people of God, that one day all the peoples of the earth will be under this reign of of the Lord. Which is where we're at now. Mm-hmm. It's not fully realized physically yet, right. but it will be, yes. It will be. And then so in, uh, you kind of see that transition in uh, chapter 4, verse 6. Yeah. Where Absolutely. I have, I have verse 8 where Jesus is the tower of the mm-hmm. flock. But like every verse in this book is so powerful that, again, but it's talking about the tower of the flock coming from, and he, he nails it too. I don't know if he nails it in five, I think, from Bethlehem. Yeah. And, um, but his whole theme here, and that's what I got to keep to the theme. Yeah, we got to keep to the theme. Mike is saying like personally and nationally and cosmically do not give up trusting the lord Mm -hmm. even when the earth is raging against you yeah do not give up and it kind of all leads to this great verse we used to sing i know i'm skipping things okay you're fine don't just trust the lord even from the ancient of days this this person this divine eternal savior is coming Mm -hmm. he's a ruler a shepherd a prince of peace the remnant, like you're talking about, will flourish. But it all comes down to this, where in chapter 6, God now gives the indictment. Yes. God's indictment. Yes. So, you know, uh, whenever you talk about impeachment of presidents and uh-huh. things, it's really an indictment. And we all get excited. Um, I remember like when Bill Clinton was impeached. And mm-hmm. right now this is being recorded in 2018. And, and the Democrats are talking about impeaching Trump. Mm-hmm. And, and you start to think, oh, he'll be deposed from office. But it's like, no, it's just an indictment. It's an Mm -hmm. official accusation against them. And then the trial will all begin. So really, the indictment of God in this kind of case against um, his people Mm -hmm. is in chapter 6. And and he just says, "What, what did I do to you guys? Yeah. The indictment is, all I did was save you. All I did was... Like and he goes on. Well, to, like, I love to just the setting of this real quick. I know I the indictment is he calls the earth yeah. to witness against us. Yeah, he's like, you've all seen what I've done and what they've done, and so be witnesses in this. And really, what have I done? Right. That I mean, remember and, all the stories. Every story, I've saved you. I've brought you out of exile. I've brought you across the river. I've kept you from being cursed. I've done everything possible to give you blessing. It kind of sounds like uh, the conversation with Job in verse 3 goes, Oh, my people, this is God. Mm-hmm. What have I done to you? How have I wearied you? Answer me. Yeah. I brought you up from the land of Egypt and redeemed you from the house of slavery. I sent before you Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. Remember what Balak, king of Moab, devised? And Balaam sent a boar, answered it. Remember that? What did I do to you? And then we get to the real... To me, the culmination is in... Uh, chapter 6, for us anyway, verse 8. And it's like, what does... So Micah intercedes here as like the lawyer, right? Yeah. God's the, the judge, really. I think he even says, oh, before God even gives his indictment, he says, arise. Like, mm-hmm. all rise, here comes the honorable judge. Yeah. And he says, uh, what shall we do? What does the Lord require? Yes. And so if this is during the time of Hezekiah reinstituting, people are feeling safe for all their sacrifices, mm-hmm. but Micah has to break it to him. Cause, and that's the line, too, where he says, um, should we just give thousands of rams, ten thousand, ten thousands of rivers of oil? Yeah. Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? Because they're doing that to other gods. Yes. 
And he says, no, God has told you, oh man, what is good. And it's really beautiful. And it sums up, uh, to me, it sums up the letter. Um, and he says, justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with your God. Man. I mean, because this is what sets the people of God apart from everyone else. We have a God who is just. He loves kindness. And all he's asking is, can you submit to me and walk humbly with me? Will you be pliable to hear and go with me, even into the places that seem impossible? And even when all the world is raging against you and it looks like you're going to die, will you let me send my angel and fight for you? Will you let me yes. walk humbly with your God? Yeah, and so that's what he kind of hits. He's He finishes the letters out like, I will destroy the wicked. Like, I can't abide the wicked. Yeah. I'll give them a time to repent, but if they do not repent, I will destroy them because I am just. But... For those who trust in me, even though, so then in seven, Micah kind of gives a personal lament, but he this does. is really for all steadfast Christians who, at whatever point in the time, whenever you feel like Christianity is being attacked, oh no, we're dying, yeah. it's all, everything's against us, the, the cry from God is, will you wait for me Ooh, yeah. to save you? Can you just trust and suffer? Well, that's suffer and wait, that... And trust that I actually have a plan, and I actually will follow through, and I care about this far more than you do. I care about all of it. Yeah, and so that's another pivotal verse. There's so many pivotal verses here in chapter 7, verse 7. But as for me, I will look to the Lord. I yes. will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. Mm -hmm. And then he goes on to even talk more about the light that God will bring and all this stuff. And he says, he will bring me out to the light. I shall look upon his vindication. Then my enemies will see and be ashamed. Yes. Oh. And there's so many allusions to, like, to serpents here. And he talks about rising again. And um, it's really great. But the last part of chapter 7, God's love and compassion. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is where he gets, who is a God like you? Pardoning iniquity and passing over transgression for the remnant of his inheritance. He does not retain his anger forever, but he delights in steadfast love. He will again have compassion on us. He will tread our iniquities underfoot. That's such a great line. He, you will cast all of our sins into the depths of the sea. I mean, Micah is saying, like, God is steadfast. Yeah. He has a plan for it. And even though we've walked into sin and we've, we've rejected him, it's the same as it was to Nineveh. It's the same as it was yeah. to even Ahab and the same as the Manasseh. Like repentance, walk humbly with God and he will, he says, you will show faithfulness to Jacob and steadfast love to Abraham as you've sworn to our fathers from the days of old. Boom. And it ends. It's only in humility that we have assurance of our peace now and forever. What other God can do this or even tries to do this? Mm-hmm. And that's, that's Micah. Micah's name is, is, his name means who, who is like the, this Who God? is like the Lord. Who is like the Lord. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of, and that's how he ends. Yeah. Who is like the Lord? Who is like you? But what a great little, um, what a great book in light of, it's always fun to read these guys after you've read the Kings yeah. and the Chronicles. Yeah. Because this helps me understand too, Hezekiah, as he's, trying to reform. He's yeah. got Isaiah and Micah and these guys kind of in his ear. Yeah. And he's like, you're right, you're right, you're right. And so that's, it's because of the preaching of law and gospel. Like, hey, we're doing bad. Hey, God wants to comfort. Yeah. And I hope 
if you've listened even to a few of these, you start to see that God's grace and mercy are not only in Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. They have been exhibited. It is laced throughout the Old Testament. God is the Old Testament God is no different than the New Testament God mm -hmm. at all. Like no. it's absurd. And I've even said that in my life. Like, yeah, God's angry in the Old Testament. But that was because I was unfamiliar with the readings. I, w I didn't know anything about God. I was young and immature saying, it's like saying my parents are mean because they won't let me go to a party. Mm -hmm. um, I just didn't know. But now we know. Right. And we're like, God is the only one in this, in this relationship who is steadfast yeah. and loving. Who cares? Who, right. ca who cares? It sounded like you said, who cares, Adam? But no, you were saying no. the only God. Who, who cares? cares? Who cares? All right. So many good things. Thanks, Micah. Um, I just can't wait because in the past when you get to Advent, you use these verses sometimes to talk about the coming of Jesus. Yeah. And I've always had a hard time with these verses. Like, what does this have to do with it? I don't really see it. But now I do, clearly. Yeah. All right. Is there a phrase? Oh, do you, did you ever sing this song? Um, Growing up in church, it's based off the verse. He has shown me, oh man, what is good and what the Lord has done for me. Oh, has done for me. Uh, requires of you. Is what, oh, maybe it is requires. What the Lord requires of you, but to do justly. And then you repeat. Oh, yeah. But to do just and to love mercy, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with our God. Yeah. And then, like, you repeat it. It's pretty great. We should bring that back on Sunday mornings. All right. Anyway, that's it. That's it, kids. New Testament. Our New Testament reading for today is 2 Corinthians chapter 4 through chapter 5, verse 10. I like doing this with you, Matt, because um, you're not afraid to say, okay, enough guitar playing. Let's get to business. You just, I, I know. I know what your little noises mean. Okay. But that's good. It keeps us on track. Yeah. What is so strange about 2 Corinthians today is it's like Paul has been reading with us. It's like <laughs> it's so lined up. It's amazing. It's like he's doing these conversations with us. He's giving us like the New Testament perspective of what we just read. It is awesome. Yeah, so he basically starts off in chapter 4 uh, with <laughs> echoing Micah saying, hey, I'm not going to be ashamed of the gospel and I'm not going to try to sugarcoat it or pretend it's something else and i'm going to say it how it has how the god wants it to be said well yeah and Boom. he he uses instead of saying who is like the lord his thing now is like the application of micah almost where he just goes do not lose heart yeah at the beginning at the end of our readings in paul mm -hmm. it's like do not lose heart because leading up to this it's like therefore since you're being transformed by the holy spirit uh continually don't lose heart mm-hmm but here's why he has to say, don't lose heart. <laughs> because God's word's being corrupted. It's being added to. He's being attacked as a fake apostle. Yes. Other people are better at it. They're using uh, the word of God to make money. And everyone's going, ever since we trusted Christ, the whole world is kind of questioning our allegiance to their systems. And that's not good for business. Right. And so Paul has to say, okay, don't lose heart. And he kind of goes back and he uses this idea of light and darkness. Mm-hmm which is what's happening in the Old Testament with blindness. And, and, and Micah talks a lot about light, but he's like, 
Remember when I said Moses had a veil over his face? Let me build that out a little bit. That uh, the gospel is, first of all, what this is all about. Right. This is not about... Christ crucified. It's, it's all about that, and it's veiled to those who are perishing. Mm-hmm. So like they can't see it because faith is a gift. Mm-hmm. You're, and when God says, let there be light on the earth, there's light. And there's this moment where God opens up, let there be light on us, and we receive it, and we see. So thank you, God, for saving us. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people won't see it. And that's why we don't proclaim ourselves. His whole thing is, I'm not, it's not about me, and right. it's not about you. Right. All I'm proclaiming is Jesus Christ crucified. He is our Lord. And that's where he says Jesus Christ is Lord. And kind of in, it's a punch in the face to the systems that are mm-hmm. persecuting them, or not yet about to, I would say, incipient persecution. Yes. Because Caesar is Lord. Well, right. our Lord is Jesus, and we are his servants. Mm-hmm. he's the light sorry I'm just going to keep going no go for it the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ so he comes back to this light thing like we're seeing the glory of God in Jesus then he has to go into look uh, this is why we're jars of clay like we're all weak we're just the vessels of this great glory so you can look at me and go I don't believe in God because you're such a jerk and you've abused your power and Paul's like first of all we haven't abused our power Mm-hmm. But you're right. I am failed. And, but I'm just a, a jar of clay. Right. I'm just delivering the package. <laughs> like, as, as best am, as I can. I'm a FedEx driver. You're right. I'm just a FedEx driver. And sometimes I don't get your package there. Sometimes the package is broken. I'm sorry. Yes. But I am not the thing you ordered online in your pajamas the other day. <laughs> Jesus Christ is that thing. Yes. And so he's like, I'm a minister of mercy. And, um, and here's what hit me. You know the most, the most loving thing you can do for someone is to admit you're powerless. Right. I mean, think about it. We, I have a right. tendency. We okay. want to save each other, right? Mm-hmm. But Paul's saying the most loving thing I can do for you is, is like you have an, a, a need or you have a problem, and I just want to solve it for you. Yeah. But can the most you? loving thing, you know, maybe I can give you a cup of water if I have it, oh. but most of our deep-seated problems... I have to d- direct you to Jesus because I do not have enough love, patience, power to heal you from addiction, to heal you from, like I have to lead you to Jesus. Mm-hmm. But you might not like that because you want what you see in front of you, me, yes, to save exactly. you. Give up your life for me, Adam. Isn't that what Jesus did? Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, actually Jesus did. So he, he, yes, I'm directing you to Jesus. And you usually will get mad at me and think that I'm holding out. Right. <laughs> so how do we handle that as Christians? Uh, we have to believe in the unseen. Oh, right. Again, and you get to verse 16. It goes, do not lose heart. Mm-hmm. Why? How do we not lose heart? Uh, Why are so, we losing heart? Well, because we're looking at what's seen. Right. And everything we see is broken. Yes. And so we're looking around at trying to find a physical manifestation of God's power in the world. And while there are manifestations of God's power, it looks like to our eyes, everything is dying. Everything right. is broken. Why am I Everything trusting? Everything is running down, and none of it makes sense. Yeah. And Paul is reminding us, like Micah was reminding the people of Israel, it looks like the physical people of God are being all, they're all going to be killed off, and we're all going to be hauled away in exile, and that's it for the kingdom of God. It's over. But there is something greater coming. It is a spiritual kingdom that will be manifested and ruled under the great shepherd. 
And we have to look to that, and it is through faith from the Spirit that we can even believe in these things that we cannot see. Yeah. That's it. I mean, we look to the unseen, and he says, don't lose heart a second time, um, because I had verse 16. So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed Mm -hmm. day by day. And remember, Paul has to say this because uh, he's being persecuted. Like right. serious trash is being talked about him. And so it's he's like, I don't... Being, look- he's being, like, people are trying to kill him. How many times has he been... Like the yeah. Israelites have tried to actually kill him. It, I tend to want to mimic and follow winners. <laughs> and he looks like a real loser. Right. And so why do I want to trust you? I, I want things to go well in my mm-hmm. life. And he's saying the reality is we... Like, oh, Actually, the reality is it's the same in the Old Testament. Micah says, Jerusalem's going to be captured. Mm -hmm. You don't get out of that. You walk through the desolation of all this stuff into the inheritance of God. Yes. And that's what's truly seen. I was just, this idea of uh, looking at to what is unseen Mm -hmm. has to be a practice. You know what I mean? It has to be like daily putting these glasses on Mm -hmm. because uh, naturally... You won't do it. You'll just be overwhelmed by all the news and all the social media and all the despair of people around you because the light is being slowly dimmed Mm -hmm. in people apart from Christ. I don't know. I just realized Christ's power to save, God's promise is the most real thing you and I have. Mm -hmm. Everything else we have is in the process of dying or being worn out. And the thing that we all possess together the most real thing we have is the promise of God to, to give us his inheritance, yes. to save us. Yes. And it's kind of like, um, I, I don't know, I think of it like this. If we use wind as an unseen force, uh-huh. how do you see that the wind is blowing really hard? It's, how do you know it? Uh, you see the effects yeah. or you feel the effects. You feel it. Well, feelings, you can't prove anything, but my hair is blowing and my mm-hmm. cheeks are like being G-forced. Uh-huh. But you see branches fall. Mm-hmm. things are broken are kind of proving something unseen that there's wind, you know? Right. It's a horrible analogy, but it's the best I can do with the struggles in our lives. Right. Paul's even saying, display the power of God. Right. So like we walk through struggles mm-hmm. and God is glorified somehow mm-hmm. and we will be comforted somehow. Yeah, and so like I think there's this idea that the unseen power of God is it's almost like it's an imaginary or will be one day experienced power of God. But no, 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 it's a very real force happening happening now, now, working in the world since the beginning of the world. Always, God has always been present and work. He's just been hidden, not easily spotted, but there are, there is a real presence. There are real effects and we experience them and live them and, we do get glimpses of them right. as we walk through, but we have a tendency, and what Paul's trying to say, even what Micah was trying to say, is don't focus on just what you can see. Right. Because if you look at that only, all you're going to ever see is death. Right. And he's saying, I'm coming from death into life. Yes. That's why everything around me is failing. So be swallowed up by life. God clothes, clothes us with the Spirit. And he uses this language, again, we've seen it in other places, as a guarantee. Like we have the seal of the king. This is official. So he goes, be of good courage. Walk by faith, not by sight. Mm -hmm. And I got to tell you, for me personally, 
these this chapter four and five, this stuff about do not lose heart, be of good courage, it is my bread and butter, man. Because uh, in ministry, it's like we're doing the eternal landscaping job with blindfolds. Can see. With blindfolds on. <laughs> we we, we kind of hear the lawnmower and the yeah. weed eater and we know it's in our hand and we feel its vibration and smell its gas and but we don't know what we're hacking at all the time <laughs> and for what purpose. Right. And so I just, but I think this applies not just to ministry, everyone who's, who's out there working and trying to love God in a culture that doesn't know God, you are going to lose heart. Right. And so this is, be of good carriage, walk by faith, not by sight. And wait on the Lord to come through and yeah. save us. You, that's one of my favorite little reoccurring psalms is, I will not be ashamed for trusting the Lord. Yes. He does say at the end, please Christ. So don't be so concerned about pleasing others and pleasing yourself because you'll do that naturally. Right. So put on these new clothes and trust the Lord. It's the same. It's the same as uh, Micah. Yeah. Do justly, amazing. love kindness, and walk humbly with your God. And that requires walking by faith, not by sight. And Jesus Christ provides all of that in his spirit, anchored in his word, distributed to you lovingly through an eyedropper by Fed by Ravens. Boom. There it is. Our psalm for today is Psalm 104, verses 31 to 35. May the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in his works. Who looks on the earth and it trembles. Who touches the mountains and they smoke. I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praise to my God while I have being. May my meditation be pleasing to him, for I rejoice in the Lord. Let sinners be consumed from the earth, and let the wicked be no more. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Praise the Lord. Boom. You've just been fed by ravens. Go in peace and serve the Lord. We will talk to you next time.